Well, either way, we'll we'll make it through this as long as Apple doesn't force another update on me. Oh boy. Yeah, this is really weird. Um we talked we are obviously talking about this before the podcast started, but my Mac, uh my MacBook, uh as I just went to wake it up, hit the escape button on my keyboard to wake it up this morning, uh it just had a black screen. And so this has happened once or twice before, uh, probably more than that actually, where it has the black screen and it just means to me that it maybe froze in that uh asleep state. So I, you know, I hit, hold down the power button and uh, let it do its thing to restart. I'm sure there are going to be people out there that are like, no, don't ever do that. But, you know, it works for me. It's a quick fix. It's like, oh, okay, the my external monitor and my MacBook display don't want to wake up. I'm going to hold down this button and it's going to wake up. Well, I did that and come to find out it was installing an update. And uh, as I was telling you, I, I don't ever have auto update on. I've never turned it on on any of my devices. I just don't like that inconvenience of, hey, Cody, we're going to start. We're going to take 30 minutes out of your time right now and install this update. So it's pretty weird to me. I don't know what would have happened, why why it would have been automatically installing this update, or if this is part of that FaceTime bug fix uh, uh, that Apple is literally forcing it on customers. I don't, I don't know. So that was kind of a weird thing to happen to me this morning. Any chance you could have accidentally you know, clicked update maybe in the Mac App Store on a bunch of apps, you know, like update all kind of thing and forgot about it? And No, I'm... I'm I'm terrible at doing updates on the Mac, honestly. I just, I don't ever, I rarely go into the Mac App Store. It's probably been a month or more since I've been in the Mac App Store. And I just, I have done that, you know, quite a while ago. I have done update and I just try to knock out a bunch of updates in the Mac App Store. But that's not something I've done anywhere close to recently. I mean, the only thing I could think of is if it was like, hey, we have an update for you while my display was not activated and me hitting enter or escape maybe triggered the update. I don't know. It didn't end up taking the full 30 minutes or whatever it was, so I'm I'm happy for that. But uh, it was obviously inconvenient. It delayed us about 10 minutes, and um, it was weird. To, it gave me kind of a weird feeling like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I like that they could just force that. My uh, MacBook Pro has been hacking up lately. It's sometimes when I wake it up from sleep, the, the screen is all extremely pixelated, and kind of purple, green, it's like three colors, it looks like, or four, like black, white, green, and purple. You can't see anything. Oh, wow. Um, you can't see anything at all. You can't even like try to figure out what's behind it. The only thing I can see is when I move the mouse I, or the, on the trackpad, I can see something moving on the screen. And that's, that's all I, I can see. And it happened maybe three or four times in the last month out of nowhere. I have no idea what it is. And when that happens, the only solution I have is to just, um, <laughs> funny enough, what I do is common space, which for me is Alfred. I do, so I do common space and I stop t- uh, typing REST for restart, REST, and I hit enter and the computer restarts. So the huh. screen's all messed up. For uh, temporarily, and but I can still like use the computer, so I can use Alfred to restore the computer uh, by just typing the comment on my keyboard. Um, so it's not completely, you know, frozen or in a weird state, uh, but still, it's kind of alarming to see this weird screen happening, um, showing up on like this out of nowhere. And again, this is fairly recent; never really happened before, uh, but it keeps happening maybe like once or twice a week now. And um, my MacBook Pro is out of warranty. Oh, actually, no, it's not. I just realized that it's it's not out of warranty. I've got Apple. You buy Apple? Yeah, yeah I, I had Apple a, Plus on this one. I had Apple Care, yeah, on this one. So it's it actually expires at the end of this year. So uh, I'm still in in the time frame where where I'm still covered. Um, but uh, I'm probably gonna get rid of it by the end of the year, just before Apple Care runs out, and uh, and uh, get a new one. I j- actually just found out recently that Apple has um, program for businesses and maybe even for 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 people where you can kind of lease a Mac. So you t- you say, hey, I want this Mac, and they charge you a set price every month. It's kind of like the iPhone upgrade program kind of thing, except you're not forced to upgrade anything you just pay a price every month and at the end of uh 12 or 24 months you can just keep the, the mac or and you know buy it out or or return it to apple and 
do whatever you want, stop paying and maybe get a new Mac in my case or get a PC or whatever. So it's kind of like a car lease, but for a computer. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start looking into this when I go back in the States. Um, that would be a good way to upgrade my Mac every year without having to deal with selling the Mac at the end of the year and how much is it worth and whatever. I can just, you know, Get it, get it back to Apple and and be done with it and get a new one. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I might have to look in that too and see if they do it for uh, non-business type accounts. I'm actually in a similar boat, but I don't have Apple Care on my MacBook. I think mine is. I don't know. I feel like we kind of got our MacBooks around the the same time. Obviously, mine's the much lower model, no touch, uh, no touch bar on it. Uh, but I know that it's two years old, and I did not get the Apple Care, so I know it's out of warranty. And yeah, I get these finicky things too. I use an external keyboard and an external monitor. And there's sometimes where my external keyboard doesn't work and I've got to go fidget with it in, uh, in the MacBook itself. And, uh, so yeah, that's a worry in the back of my head that like the, uh, uh, like the motherboard or something's going to fry on it. And then now I've got to buy a new computer and I'm not going to get a bunch for my, this old one. So yeah, I might have to look into that as well. Um, let's go back to this, uh, FaceTime. <clears throat> I mentioned it briefly, but let's go back to this FaceTime bug. Excuse me, I got a, something in my throat here. Uh, but uh, the, the update happened, right? Apple pushed out the uh, iOS update uh, 12.1.4 uh, that fixes the, you know, however you look at it, the significant uh, group FaceTime bug. The one we, I believe we talked about on last week's episode where um, it was discovered that you could eavesdrop on a, a FaceTime uh, person by calling them, even if they didn't pick up, you could hear some audio. You could even grab some imagery from the the front-facing video camera. So it obviously made huge headlines. We talked about it being maybe a little overblown, um, and honestly, it feels like it's died out a lot. Even even the update just didn't seem like it made nearly as big a waves as the initial bug did. Uh, but you know, the update's out there, and as usual with security bug fixes, we always recommend that they get installed. Um, any, anything that stuck out to you about this? Not only the update is out for iOS, but um, Apple also restored the the group FaceTime servers because you know, like when when the wind comes out that there was a bug with group FaceTime, what Apple did was putting the plug uh, server side on the feature, so you couldn't even initiate a, fa- a group FaceTime call. And now, not only the fix has been released for for the devices themselves, but also uh, for the servers, which obviously both had to work hand in hand. You, the other one needs one needs the other one in order to function. So, so yeah, group FaceTime is working again. Um, I'm wondering if <laughs> I had a I had a, a, a snarky tweet. Uh, I think about this this week was that. Uh, me super happy that iOS fixed um, group FaceTime bug and all my friends and family what? Th- there is a group FaceTime feature? <laughs> because it's not like a very known feature. I personally outside of doing some beta testing I've never used group FaceTime with anyone um, and I'm not probably representative of of the 6 billion people on this planet and their habits of how they communicate with each other. But um, I don't know anyone. I've never seen my wife ever do a group FaceTime call. I don't even know if she knows. It's a possibility. Um, I've never heard anyone talk about it outside, you know, the, the tech sphere. So I don't know if it's a very popular feature, really. Yeah, I'll say the same thing. I just I don't even use FaceTime that often, and I don't know people that use uh, FaceTime that often. It requ- it requires something, right? Like you have to be presentable. You you know, like there's a lot of times where you're just texting or you're on the phone, and you don't have to worry about what you look like or what your surroundings are. With FaceTime, it takes it to a different level. I'll just say that I don't use FaceTime a whole lot, and like you, I don't know a whole lot of people that even are aware that group FaceTime exists. And it's it's kind of a special thing. It's a special circumstance thing, right? Like maybe you and three friends are going out and now you all want to talk on FaceTime. <laughs> you know, like you you try to come up with scenarios where a group FaceTime would make sense. And there are some out there. I mean, if you're planning like maybe a bunch of family members are planning a big surprise birthday party and they all want to get on uh, on FaceTime. But uh, 
Yeah, I agree. It's not to me. It just wasn't a huge feature, and so it wasn't a big deal when it went down for me. Um, I wonder that if the uh, if the servers back up, obviously they had to patch whatever was going on server side uh, with this bug. But if the servers back up and your device doesn't have the uh, update installed, are you still vulnerable? Or is that something that was fixed in the server as well? So now you're good. Yeah, I think I think you're not good. I I just think you can't use. So say you're running iOS twelve point one point uh, what is it two. three uh, or two three yeah. Um. So y- your your device or and your iOS version is um is exploitable. Uh, I think I would think that what happens if if you're trying to make a, a group FaceTime call, even though the servers are online, um, the servers are gonna check your fingerprint and figure out that, oh, wait, it's coming from an iOS 12.1.3 device. Um, we can't let this guy make a group FaceTime call. And it's probably gonna, just going to like um, not work uh, at all. Mm. Yeah, I would think that's the way it is. Um, and then if, if you make a, a call from a 12.1.4, um, then the, the server says, okay, Green light. This guy has the latest update. It's fine. Let let the group FaceTime go go through. I would assume that's the way. Um, that's the way it works. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. I mean, uh, we mentioned this last week, but it's you know, there's hundreds of millions of these devices out there. So for Apple to really blanket everybody with security, they would have to put something like that in place, knowing that you know, yes, iOS has a very high rate of people upgrading and updating their their software that happens quite often like i want to say there's something like 90 percent of people are on ios 12 or higher maybe it's ios 11 or higher that's because apple forces you (laughs) to do it you know they just don't really make it any other way possible don't make it an option (laughs) much anymore yeah so they're it's it's easy to get confused with these uh with these version numbers but this this update came in the form of 12.1.4 there was also a supplemental security update on the mac os which may be what was forced installed on my machine this morning but uh apple is also working on ios 12.2 we're in the beta stage of that now uh, it's going to add a couple of new features and uh just updates across all four of its platforms really that are more significant than your typical point you know 12.1.3 uh, these are going to be more significant. So if you see the beta testing going on for that, that's something a little different. This was just like an emergency. Get this out there. It took them a little over a week, uh, longer than I expected, honestly, because remember when the bug came out last week, they said we're going to have a fix later this week. Or I guess when the bug came out almost two weeks ago now, they said we're going to have a fix later this week. They ended up pushing it back to what is now last week. And, uh, yeah. What about – what what was it about this kid? I know you you were like, come on, Apple, uh, that's that's a little too much. You gave him. I think they ended up giving him a uh, uh, like a grant or something. Wh- for the, the backstory is the kid uh, through his mom tried yeah. to alert tried to alert Apple about this bug. Apple stays mute, doesn't say, doesn't acknowledge anything, tells him to go through hoops to to submit the bug <laughs> or whatever. Um, kind of like a face bomb to the kid. Like, come on. And then all of a sudden, this thing blows up, right? So it's in the press. It's on every website. It's on CNN. It's everywhere. And then Apple scrambles. Okay, they, they react pretty quickly and, and shut down uh, group FaceTime server side, as we said, which is great, which was, you know, like the right thing to do. They said they're going to release an update, which is, again, the next right thing to do. Perfect. on this. But then... Um, uh, but then they're like, okay, we're going to give this guy, uh, we're going to reward him, uh, according to the bug bounty program. And we're going to give him a scholarship or something, put some money towards his education. And then they dispatch huh. like an Apple executive to his house. I'm like, where is this going to stop? Like next thing you know, is Tim Cook is going to invite him for, over for lunch or something at the cafe Mac. And I mean, like, you know, they went from completely ignoring the kid to sending uh, someone at his house to tell him, hey, we're going to give you a check and we're going to put money towards your education and, and and please smile in front of the cameras so we, so we look good on CNN when we say we gave you a check for your findings. I Okay, from a PR standpoint, that's the right thing to do. Uh, f- f- me, as like a 
kind of cynical kind of guy. That was kind of <laughs> cringy, cringe worthy. You know, like it's like, oh, over the top. come on, yeah. yeah, don't, don't, don't overdo it. I know you want to take advantage of the PR here to to show how reactive you are and how you're rewarding this young guy who found this bug as if he was like this brilliant hacker who, you know, <laughs> like cracked the code. No, it was just a kid who, you know, pressed the wrong button and figured out he could do something. I don't know. It's just to me that was. Uh, it felt very disingenuine and very engineered and made, you know, to look good on television and in the press. And again, can't blame Apple for this, right? They're doing what's best for the company and the, what's best for the company is to have the best possible PR. So I get this. I just, I don't know. It made me feel uncomfortable. Next thing you know, this kid's going to be a uh, chief executive, uh, right? Or chief, chief technical officer. He's in charge of security now. <laughs> And it's, you know, I'm even looking at this, uh, the post that Christian did about this where they were invited, the mom and the son were interviewed on CNBC. And then it's got a picture at the top of this post where the mom and the son are both looking at an iPhone. And I just, <laughs> I just can't imagine what that photographer's direction was. Like, all right, you're both looking at the iPhone like you just discovered the bug <laughs> in real time while we're photographing you. I don't know. It's, uh, I agree. It's a little cringy, a little over the top. And, but I will tell you what uh, something good that came out of this was I can't remember who gave the quote, but somebody gave a quote to TechCrunch that was like, we obviously, you know, this has forced us to really examine how we uh, how we react to bug reports from non-developers or from non, you know, technical people. And I think that's true. I think Apple's got to take a look at this because clearly I saw the tweets. I saw the mom's tweets. She Tried contacting Tim Cook several times. A lot of folks in my timeline retweeted those tweets that were weeks before this bug came out. And she was saying, hey, uh, my son is is able to recreate this problem. We've tried uh, several avenues already and no one's getting back to us. Um, so if Apple can if streamline, streamline that a little bit or at least make it not so difficult, I, I think they're on the right track there. Yeah. Okay, enough about bugs here. I want to talk about this Angela Rince thing because this was arguably the biggest story of last week, right? Yeah, absolutely. But first, I want to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor, ExpressVPN. With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where your data goes. Uh, making an online purchase or simply accessing your email could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked. You're being tracked online. You're being tracked by social media sites, by social, uh, by marketing companies, and your mobile or internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, but they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why you can take your privacy back by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your iPhone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you can try it without any risk. So if you have, if you ever use uh, public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers and spy from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. And if you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash talk iOS. That's expressvpn.com slash talk iOS for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash talk iOS to learn more. So it was announced, uh, I think it was midway through last week, that uh, Angela Arendt, she was the head of retail uh, and online, uh, Apple's online store, for the past five years, it was announced last week that she was going to be departing the company in April and that um, – I hope I'm going to say this right. Uh, Deirdre O'Brien was going to be taking over. Now, Deirdre is somebody who's been at Apple for uh, more than three decades, long time, and um, her her title will be the SVP of – the Senior Vice President of Retail Plus People, and that will – she will take over. And so, um, Angela Rents, I've, you know, I've been at IDB for as long or longer than she's been at Apple, but I remember writing the story actually when, when she got hired 
She came over from Burberry. She was the CEO of that uh, that luxury fashion brand. It was a very big hire, made a very big splash. She is frequently named at the top of uh, uh, female executives and just executive lists in general is just powerful people, um, highest salaries. I mean, j- again, just a very big, splashy hire. And from my opinion, I've thought she's done a great job over the past five years. Because if you remember, and I wrote a little bit of this in in, in our post for uh, uh, announcing this this move here, that uh, when Arendt was hired, Apple was Apple's retail was kind of a dumpster fire at the time, right? So they lost uh, Ron Johnson, who was the guy that with Steve Jobs really helped kickstart their whole retail movement, right? They've got. They got high profile real estate. They had the really minimalist interior design. It, Apple stores were a pretty big hit kind of from the get go. And then it's when Ron Johnson announced that he was going to be leaving, I think he ended up being, he was going to go be the CEO of JCPenney. That didn't go well. So he's on to other ventures. But when he left, Apple was left with this, this void to fill and they ended up hiring a, a guy by the name of John Browett. And if you remember correctly, John Browett, just didn't do that great a job. I believe Apple fired him within nine months of his hiring. There were reports of uh, retail employees being overworked and underpaid and um, a lot of strict rules. And it just didn't seem like John Browett got it. It just didn't seem like he understood the culture. He didn't understand what Apple was going for for these retail stores. So Apple got rid of him. Tim Cook and his team then spent over a year looking for the actual replacement. They said, you know what? Tim Cook was kind of young at that time in the CEO position and he just made a mistake in hiring. He goes, you know what? I'm not going to make that mistake again. So they took a year. They finally hired Angela Rents. Again, big splash. And from everything I've seen, she's done a really great job. Apple now has 506 retail stores around the globe, 35 online stores. If you check any of the retail matrix uh, metrics, uh, Apple's at the top of the list for sales per square footage, yada, yada, yada. But after this happened, after this news came out last week, I saw a lot of pushback on Twitter saying, hey, this looks like a firing. Like this isn't Angela Rents, you know, moving on to new professional pursuits, as she mentioned uh, in the in the uh, letter that got sent out. This looked to them, to other folks, like uh, Apple fired her, like she wasn't doing a good job, that there was a lot of bad experiences happening in retail stores and that she was the blame for it and was let go. So I wanted to kind of get your opinion on this, Sebastian. What is – what did you think of how Angela Rince was doing? And, and do you think she left under her own free will or if she was kind of forced out? Oh, that's that's a question we'll never be able to answer. <laughs> I well, think, from your point of view, I guess, is cause you've got you're even more skeptical than I am. So I'm just curious of what you thought about it. There's several ways to look at it. Like you can look at the message that the, the press release that Apple sent out. And it's very, um, uh, I don't know friendly and 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 thankful uh, but still kind of vague and usually when a an executive of of that this stature um moves on they usually have other plans and i think the the problem with angela aaron's leaving apple right now is that she doesn't have clear plans and that leaves um, tons that leaves room for tons of speculations, you know, because she doesn't have plans or clear plans, laid out plans that she's communicated. Um, people tend to believe that she she was fired. I I don't know about that, honestly. Like I have no opinion. Um, I know she is a woman who doesn't have much more to prove. Um, yeah. <laughs> I believe she's financially stable. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like stocks vesting for like $76 million or something like that. Yeah, I mean, she she's a multi-million dollar uh, woman. So she, uh, she technically doesn't have to work for the rest of her life. Um, so she could very well decide that, you know, it's time to do something else, to stop working 12 hours a day for large corporations. You know, remember she was the CEO of Burberry before, uh, moving on, moving to Apple. So she's always had like very high level and probably high stress positions. And who knows? Maybe she just wants to take a break. Maybe she doesn't want to work anymore. Maybe she wants to focus on, on something else like, um, her, her children. I think she was mentioning in one of the interviews I read. She 
wanted to spend more time with her children. Uh, she wanted to spend more time with her husband and let her husband decide where he wanted to live because in the past few years, she had been the one, you know, kind of saying, okay, we got to move there. We got to move to San Francisco now because I'm, I'm, you know, taking this position to Apple, at Apple. So, I don't know. I, 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 no opinion. Um, maybe she was scanned. Um, maybe she just doesn't have a plan. Maybe she just wants to, to, to take a break. The only thing, um, the only thing that could make it look like she was, uh, let go is that there is a very short, uh, transition period here and usually there is a longer transition period uh, especially with executives you know of that importance in a company um, but again that could just be uh, uh, that could have been something they've been talking about for months and that that has been planned out for months Re- really we'll probably you know maybe in, in a few years we'll find out in, in an interview or something but uh, that's something we're not going to find out for a while, I think. Now, uh, I know you live kind of further from an Apple store these days, but uh, you've I've, you've been to a, a few of them over the past year, the past two years. What is your what's your take on that? Are are they generally pretty good experiences? I feel like you usually say good things about Apple's uh, retail stuff. I, I like Apple's service. You know, you can go to an Apple store, and and the good thing with myself is that over the years and and being immersed in the Apple stuff for the past 10 years or 11 years um, is that I know how to navigate this. I know not to show up at an Apple store uninvited. You know, I know if I have, if I need service, I'm the first thing I'm going to do is go make an appointment online. online. I'm not even going to waste my time going to the Apple store and hope for the best. So I know how to navigate this. So I think for for me, an experience, the experience at an Apple store is very different because I know exactly what to expect. I know exactly what to do. When I walk into an Apple store, I know exactly, you know, like there is the guy at the door, like checking you in or asking you what you want. I know exactly, you know, where to go, what to do to buy something. But, but for someone who is not accustomed to going to an Apple store, I think this experience is very overwhelming and confusing and maybe even frustrating to not really know what's going on because you usually have a store filled with people. And if you have a question, you know, like employees are usually busy. And if they're not, you know, someone's going to tell you, oh, wait a few minutes, um, uh, XYZ, John, John is going to come and, you know, and check in with you and help you out with your iPhone or something. And then you're kind of like here, standing here waiting for waiting for John to come pick you up and, and guide you. And it's kind of a weird experience. Um, if you want to buy something, if you, let's say you want to buy a case, so you go and grab it off the shelves. It's also a weird experience. You're like, where do I pay for this thing? You know, where do I go? There's no cashier. There's no like... Uh, sign that says you can pay here. Um, of course, you can grab any employee and say, hey, I want to buy this, but they're usually all busy with someone else. <laughs> so it's like, right. what do I do? And even then, like, I think a lot of people would be uncomfortable being like, um, excuse me, I just want to buy this. I know I'm not uncomfortable with this. I just grab people. I just interrupt them sometimes. I'm like, hey, because I don't, I know how it is. It's kind of a cluster F. Um, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's really a mess. And the stores are beautiful, they're well lit, and you can play with the products and 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 this 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 is great this is this is great, but once you want to move forward with the experience and actually buy a product or if you're going for service something like this, I think it's it's a it's really a a terrible experience, especially if you're not used to it if you're new to apple or even if I think my mom would be lost in an Apple store. Like she wouldn't know, she wouldn't know where to start. And that, that probably doesn't change much in the end results. The end result being that Apple stores are the most profitable, profitable stores in the world per square footage. There's no other, you know, store, any other industry per square footage that makes more money than an Apple store or Apple stores in general. So it works. B- but I think some people leave Apple stores 
with a ba- bad taste in their mouth. You know, like I I know actually um, my mother-in-law, like her husband, had a problem with uh, his iPhone, something like the the uh, the speaker isn't working or something like this, and. She, I told her, like, I was like, just make an appointment at the Apple store and take it there. She's like, oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go in there. I'm afraid of this place or something like this. Like she, she's like in, not afraid, like, uh, like scared. She's intimidated, I think, from a place yeah. like this where it's just like, you don't know. It's just too much. And all these guys are so cool with their tight jeans and like the <laughs> piercing in weird places and cool tattoos and stuff. And you're like, what is this? What is this? Like, this is, I don't fit in here. Um, so, so even though Angela, Aaron, and I have done like tons of great thing at Apple, like, um, doing this, these new kind of stores, you know, like, uh, redoing the stores and, and building more flagship stores in more cities. And this is neat, but does that make for a better buying and, uh, service experience for the users? I don't, I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. And that might have been one of the points of contention between between her and what Apple is is what would like to make of their five hundred something stores in the world. Well, you could definitely make a connection to um man, I'm now I feel like I'm saying a rents weird. You're saying errants and I'm saying a rents. Maybe it's I'll go with errants. errants. I don't know. Um, Angela, we'll just call her. My yeah, it's for Angela. <laughs> uh, but uh, I could definitely see the connection between her uh, experience as a CEO of Burberry, right? A very luxurious brand. Apple stores feel very luxurious, and I think that's intimidating to people who don't frequently shop in those like luxurious type stores, right? It's just very high end looking. You you named a bunch of great points, just about the staff and things like that. And uh, actually, your story uh, uh, kind of rings true with me. I've told this before. My mom's experienced getting uh, her battery replaced in her iPhone, right, under the battery replacement program. It was very hectic. She sat at a table. She said with like 10 other people, they were all getting their batteries replaced. There was one employee helping the, the 10 of them, and it got kind of crazy. People were helped before, you know, people were helped that weren't there as long as other people. There was a bunch of complaining. There's a lot of confusion, it was, oh, okay, I'm not the one helping you. That's this person over there. I'll go see if I can find them. You know, like it's just, it definitely seems like they're very busy and uh, maybe don't have enough. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on the button, but I think that it's, you're right. It's not a pleasurable experience for everybody, especially those who aren't used to the Apple store. And so that could have very well been a point of contention. Maybe Apple wants to try to, you know, um, make it more approachable, make these stores more approachable. And, and maybe they're not so much right now. And that's things that that's the idea, especially with their um, today at Apple classes or sessions, as they call it, where you can learn some stuff about whatever, how to take better pictures with your iPhone, how to edit videos on iMovie or things like that. This is really neat. You know, like you are bringing people in the stores and you're spending time with them and you have someone guiding them through your products and, or your um, software and explaining things about about it, and this is great. But then, if these people, you know, can't buy a MacBook or have a hard time talking to someone about buying an iPhone, then all this hard work is kind of pointless. It's it's funny when you walk in an Apple store and you see the guy with the headset on leading like a little class. It looks like a little spin class in the middle of a retail yeah. store. He's like, everybody, click the compass. The, com- the blue compass looking icon. Good. That's Safari. Good, good, good. Come on. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> That's exactly that. And usually like the people at these classes. I, 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 granted, I've never attended. I've never seen a session where it's more like uh, how to edit a podcast or how to edit videos. You know, like something more, uh, t- more. I don't know how to say it, more uh, tech oriented or more uh, complex. It's usually things like introduction to iPhone. And, and it's like, it's your grandmother, you know, like being like, okay, sir, sir, I'm lost. It's kind of, it's kind of funny every time. I sometimes like look at what they do for a few minutes. And that's exactly what you just did with press the blue compass. That's exactly that. 
<laughs> and and not to make light of these classes because I do know that they offer much more serious yes. and, and more. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about uh, bringing in like uh, artists, like musical artists that'll teach you how to play guitar uh, or use GarageBand. Like, there's very cool classes. So, not to make fun of the whole system, but it's just it was like a funny side note of sometimes when I walk in there, that's what I think. And uh, there's people that think that this that that approach wasn't really very Apple like these these classes, but I don't know. I feel like that's very much up their alley. They've always tried to fuse together liberal arts and technology and make that technology very approachable. So this, those, these classes seem right up, right up their alley there. Um, I will say, just kind of rounding this out, uh, it sounds like O'Brien gets it right. If you re- if you read her, uh, her little uh, comments from the uh, press release, people come to Apple to do their uh, to do the best work of their lives, and our retail teams show their passion every day in every interaction. Around the world, it's opportunity of a lifetime to work with and learn from such a talented, diverse, and imaginative team. I mean, it just really seems like she gets it right. She's been there for thirty years. She gets the culture. Honestly, I think this will probably work out more in Apple's favor in the end. The time will tell. But to have somebody that that's, that's that ingrained in the culture, remember, Apple is so particular about its culture. Everybody goes to Apple University when they first get hired. You got to learn kind of the ways of they definitely have a different way of doing things and a different way of of approaching things. And it just sounds like she gets it. Yeah. Now, um, one thing that's striking is that she has two caps. She's wearing two caps. So she's going to be SVP of retail. That means um, the the stores, not only the physical store, we didn't even talk about that, but it's also the online stores, which also are a mess, by the way. Try to buy um, some accessories. Try to buy a cable for your iPhone. Good luck finding that on Apple's They're website. Kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of hidden. It's in like the it's, interface. you can buy an iPhone very easily, but finding the accessories for the devices and stuff like this, like the the hubs, like the USB C stuff, it's just like it's buried deep, and and the site looks good, um, but it's not very it's not very easy to use. Um, but to go back to uh, the two caps that she's wearing, so she's going to be in charge of retail. Uh, that means the online store and the physical stores. But she's keeping her previous role too, which is um, uh, in being in charge of people, which really means human resources, HR. That's what she. That's what she's going to be doing. And I'm wondering, I'm hoping she's not going to be spread too thin between these um, two positions that kind of converge i guess because um there's some overlap there, yeah the, on, the the stores the physical stores that's the bulk of the apple employees in the world um yeah. so so you know employee she's going to be heading a lot of, of these apple store employees and and that's good because she's already in charge of all the employees of apple in, <laughs> in the world but i don't know that's that seems like a lot of work a lot on on her plate really and i hope she's um i hope she's up to the task yeah i look at this a little bit different just kind of based on my past experience as a retail employee mm-hmm. if she's talking to the people right the employees on a regular basis already she already has that good connection with them um the frontline people in these retail stores those are the ones that usually know the best on how is how is this new procedure that's being implemented. How is that working with customers? How are customers viewing the experience? Just how is it going from day to day? There's a lot of times where I thought to myself as a retail store employee, I'd be like, I don't know why they would ask us to do this. Like it's clearly making customers mad. And it, you really, there's no one really to relay that information to other than your direct boss. And of course they're just going to say, ah, that's above my pay grade. So I, I kind of like the fact that she's, there's some overlap here. And that she's got that direct – because, I mean, that's basically human resources, right? If you're in charge of people. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's essentially what that is. So if anybody's got some complaints, you know, things. I just feel like that's a nice nice little connection there. Human resources and retail because, as you mentioned, retail is such a bulk of Apple's uh, staff. Yeah. Okay. um, I did – oh, here's one last thing. I know we've been talking about this for a a little bit, but here's the last thing I want to mention. When was the last time you used the self-checkout? In the uh, mobile app in an Apple store, um, couple of years ago, the first time <laughs> the first time I did it, I remember it didn't work. That's because at the time, that's that was the first time I did it. That was several years ago, and you had to allow the Apple Store 
application, not the App Store, the Apple Store application to use your location, right? Uh, to be able to uh, to access your location, like uh, when you when you are and when you're not using, like always, basically. And I didn't like that. I don't want it to always use, you know, my location, and I wanted it to be only in store or something. And it it, it didn't work. And I remember being like, oh, okay, it didn't work. I figured, and then I figured it out the next time. And I temporarily allowed uh, the app to uh, access my location. I did it. Um, it's cool. It's a weird feeling uh, to just scan the thing and pay, you know, actually pay from your phone and and go out the door. You know, it almost feels Without like Without talking you're, to anybody. Yeah, really. it feels like, uh, is, it, is someone going to run after me? Like, like a security is guy? Is the alarm going to go off? Sir? <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> I don't know if it's a. I don't know if I paid it's, for it. I don't know if it's a feature that's um, that's uh, commonly used already. I don't know. Yeah, that's my question because it seemed like a big deal when it came out. You know, like I think everybody, including myself, kind of looked at it and went, "Okay, this might be the future," because you can literally walk in, say, "I just need this cable quick," and uh, scan it yourself and be gone. And I know I've tried it successfully myself. But it's uh, like you, it's been years, but I was able to purchase it and be out of the store in maybe two or three minutes. And uh, so, yeah, I was just just a little anecdotal thing. I was curious as, hey, are they pushing this? Is this still a feature that they push um, to their retail store employees? Are they recommending this to people when they get really busy? I don't know. It was just a little side thing. But there should be a a way, an easier way to check out in an Apple store when you pick up a cable, when you pick up like case for your iPad or something like you shouldn't have to uh, run after an employee so he can <laughs> ring you in. And, and there should be, I mean, if you want, maybe you can even let people do it themselves, but ha- have like a checkout section where they can scan their item and put their credit card in and, and pay for the, for the thing. And they can do this maybe by themselves. You don't need an employee over there at the cash register, but have something where people can clearly see where they can pay. I think that would be, you know, a first step in the direction of making things clearer at the Apple store. Yeah, I mean name a name a store, any retail store, any grocery store, any any real store that sells anything. Uh I just I'm having trouble thinking of one that doesn't have a like a set checkout place. Like your Best Buys, your uh, Costco's or Walmart's or man, even if you go into a carrier store, which are all kind of transforming more towards yeah. the Apple store yeah. type model. But even in most carrier stores, there's cash registers. Like you can see actual point of sale machines. And so, you know, that person has the ability to check me out. But, uh, in an Apple store, everybody's just really walking around with either an iPad or one of these little iPhones with one of these little packs on it. So you don't really know who's who, you know, who can check me out and who can't. So I totally agree with you. That's a pain point of an Apple store, especially to somebody who's not familiar with the system. Where do I go to buy? I need an iPhone charging cable. Um, so yeah, it feels like that the self-checkout would be a good solution, but I feel like that's a bigger learning curve than grabbing an employee even. Um, all right, let's move on from that. Uh, there was an AirPods 2 rumor uh, over the weekend that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, they're talking about uh, kind of a new design, right? Instead of the old... Uh, you know, kind of uh, glossy white design. They're talking about this. Uh, I don't know if it's like a matte black, but it's a black color coating with uh, better grip. So you're not going to drop these all the time, uh, especially like if they're sweaty or something like that. Um, they're going to have deeper bass, so better sounding. And they're going to have some built-in uh, health sensors, right? I think there was a heart rate sensor mentioned. I, maybe you're on the same boat as, in the same boat as me, but I like I use my AirPods so much and I'm so ready for the next version that I'm kind of tired of these rumors. Like I just want Apple to release them. It's been two years. We've been hearing about the next gen version of AirPods for what seems like nine months now. Um, I'm ready for these. What about you? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's an <laughs> understatement. That's that's the Apple product I'm, I'm the most waiting for, to be honest. It's not air power. Probably here for save for me right now. Yeah. It's it's the one I use every day, and you know, an iPhone has become an iPhone, and you know, iPhone ten, iPhone ten S, yeah, same same. Like it's not, it's a great, they're great devices, but they're not as 
magical because to me, like the AirPods still feel pretty magical to be able to have these things in my pocket. I can put, you know, they're in my pocket charging and I put them in my ears and I double tap and I can say overcast play and it's starting to play podcast. And um, to me, this is like such a great product. I mean, we're not going to go over this again. We've said it so many, so many times. Um, but this, this newest, newest, uh, round of rumors, uh, about AirPods has some stuff that I don't think we kind of heard before. Um, uh, like there seems to be some, uh, at least from the rumor, sound quality improvement, uh, with a better, uh, bass response. Uh, like you mentioned, the, um, a new special coating on the outside, uh, on the top of the AirPods and the charging case to make it more uh, grippy. Uh, some heart rate health sensors. Quite frankly, not super uh, interested in this, but I take it. Um, same battery, same battery life, um, same battery size, uh, and and to me, the probably like the one of the best news here is. Here is that uh, the rumor to also come uh, in black, not only white this time around. So this is uh, this is <laughs> this is probably my favorite one, my favorite feature of uh, all these uh, rumored ones that they will be coming in black. And last but not least, the price, um, because you know everything at Apple costs more nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they are uh, supposedly will go from 159 which is the current price for AirPods, to 199 So a $40 increase. That's that's a pretty steep increase uh, for a $160 product. It, it's a steep, it's, you know, 40 bucks. that is a steep increase, but I think this is one of the few products Apple had some wiggle room on. Because I always thought 160 was really good for these. Um, and uh, I just think if you add wireless charging better sound, and now they come in a different colorway, I think there's a, a little bit of leeway. If they'd been over $200, I would have complained. Even at $200, you know, I can kind of concede to you that that's a little pricey here. Uh, $180 would, I, would have been a real sweet spot. Hey, we only added 20 bucks, but look at everything else it does. Um, but again, I think there was some wiggle room here. It's a very popular product. And uh, the colorway is important because there was a resurgence Maybe not even a resurgence, but a continuation. There was a boom of in AirPods popularity over the last six months, particularly just before the holidays. It's something I saw in my non-tech Twitter line, something I saw in my everyday life. Like everybody started picking these up. Now you have a new colorway. So even if somebody picked them up six months ago or three months ago or two months ago, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna look, oh, you have the older AirPod models. Not that I like looking at anybody in a negative way, but I just think that that perception is going to drive more people to upgrade. I want the newer, you know, I want the newer looking ones, the newer AirPods. Yeah. So I think that works in Apple's favor, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, Apple like to come up with a new colorway to differentiate a product that looks similar to the previous version of the product. That's a good way of saying, hey, you know, you might not think about, uh, upgrading, but if you upgrade, this product is going to look different and you're going to signal to the rest of the world that you have the latest and greatest from Apple. Um, to me, not only, it, to me, like the most important thing about the black version is that it's probably going to be more discreet. You know, like white, uh, white probably stands out much more than black um, in your ear. I, I think that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I have brown hair it doesn't cover my ear or anything but i think it would be more discreet and that's something i'm living with it pretty well nowadays but that's I've, especially at the beginning i was pretty conscious about wearing these things in public you know i was one of the very first to have them and and uh it looked just kind of different and kind of weird to have this in your ears and and you can tell because you can't see yourself but when you see other people with them, you're like, mm, I don't know, it looks kind of weird. And, and still, <laughs> to this day, when I see people wearing them, I'm like, uh, that something off. You know, like the stem is a little thicker than actual um, ear pods. So it, 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 I don't know. So having them black might make them more discreet, and I'm all for that. Yeah, 
I, I would agree that if they were black, they would probably be a little less noticeable in the air. I'm kind of the opposite, though. I like the way they look. I think they look kind of futuristic. Um, I always have to make sure my stems are pressed really firmly against, uh, you know, they're tilted just right and that uh, um, they're just at the right angle and they're just that they're not sticking out. I think that's when they look ridiculous is when the stems are just kind of like um, sticking out, like almost horizontal to the ground or parallel to the ground. You got to go. You got to fix them. Make sure they're laying tight against your ears. I actually had a kind of like you, you've said this multiple times. The AirPods are magic. I had a magical moment the other day where I had my AirPods in. I was in the sauna, right? So these things actually hold up pretty well to hotter temperatures. I usually go like 20 minutes uh, at the minimum. And there was two guys just talking loudly. I couldn't believe how loud they wanted to talk during my relaxation time at the gym. But uh, I played some music through my AirPods uh, at a pretty high volume. And not only did it tune them out, but because they're wireless, you just feel so free. It, it, I don't know. I just I felt kind of like bringing that up because it just felt like it took me to like a concert away from what I thought was these annoying guys talking. And so that was pretty impressive. And again, I've been kind of impressed by how the how well these things have held up in the heat. Yeah, this this latest round of rumor doesn't mention anything about better waterproofing and um, and uh, how do you call this sound muffling or. Uh, uh, noise cancellation. Noise cancellation. My brain is so <laughs> smooshy right now. You have your, no idea. Your brain has the flu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping this is still on the table. Um, for especially for the spring, right? I hope to see these by March. Yeah, because that's, that's, this report says it's coming in the spring. So, um, we have, yeah, one more month for the spring. <laughs> Or, or when is spring anyway? Um, when does spring like actually start? I want to say it is March twentieth. Oh, did you look it up already? Yep, yep. As quick, <laughs> the Google tells me March twentieth. <laughs> <laughs> did you check on the Google? <laughs> oh my gosh, hundred percent what my mom says too. Check the Google. <laughs> I don't know where is the Google. <laughs> Well, what do you think? Does that do it, or did you have something else you wanted to talk about? No, I don't have anything else I want to talk about to you right now, but I sure will next week when we uh, reconvene for our weekly meetup. For sure, for sure. Now, I don't. I hope I'm not too out of line saying this, but this might just be one of my favorite episodes of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Cody, you're going to go for 52 weeks saying the same thing, right? It's, if, as long as I can keep remembering it, yeah, I, I feel like this is my thing for 2019. If I can be consistent and keep up with it, I'm going to be happy. You know what sucks, though, is that in a few episodes, I did, I just cut it off at uh, when I edited it. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, there was a few times where I was like, uh, I cut off at the end of a sentence or something, and... And your um, 2019 mention didn't make it. Uh, I don't know about last week, um, but I know I've done it before. I was like, mm, sorry, this is not going to make it, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, at least you felt bad about it. <laughs> well, You're like, ah, he worked so hard to remember this. For a split second, you know, like I didn't lose sleep yeah. over it, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Should I put it back in? Should I go ahead and put it back in? <laughs> uh, no, there was a week I forgot it too. So it probably is not showing up every week, but it is something I'm going to try to remember. And I'm going to start working it in. Before you can cut it off, I'll do it in the middle of an important topic. Yeah, middle of a sentence. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> there's only one thing you absolutely have to know when it comes to your new AirPods, and it's. Hey, by the way, did I tell you that uh, <laughs> my favorite episode so far? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I know you're not feeling great, so we'll get you out of here. Um, it really was a, a great episode and I'm glad you were able to join me even though you're kind of under the weather. So I really do appreciate that. Um, I will see you again next week. See you again next week. Bye-bye.